Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are on Labor Day. Just want to check in with you guys. Did not get a podcast posted overnight. There was a bit of a system malfunction. I want to talk real quick on this quick hitter about an article put up on the OBR's website uh, checking out the AFC North positional rankings. We are going to turn our eyes to Kansas City starting tomorrow in an effort to prepare for those guys, but I thought this article by Cody was interesting. A long time I've written an article, eh, probably 2017 to 2019, did not do it last year, looking at how the Browns roster ranks. If you if you recall, it's checking the, the value, the strength of the roster. There would be high quality, uh, average, and then replaceable players. And I always thought this was interesting, and then I started to do it a little branched out for the AFC North to compare where Brown's rosters are. So I talked to Cody Sweck about putting that together in uh, the article, in article form, and he did that. So I want to go through these positions real quick and kind of give you an idea of where the Browns stack up with the rest of the division, right? So it's a reminder. I mean, it's important because the goal above all else this year with the 17-game season is to... See the Browns make the playoffs, yes, but winning the division for the first time since 1989 would be fantastic. So this is a little bit of insight from Cody, a little bit of maybe my tweaking, what I think, and putting it all together to see what you think too. Okay, quarterbacks, we'll start at the top. Uh, Cody ranks them Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, so he gives Lamar Jackson the edge. So Lamar regressed in 2020 after his MVP season in 2019, finished the t- in the middle tier of most advanced metrics because of the dual threat ability, though. He had 32 explosive runs and 34 missed tackles, forced, and the offense tailored to his strengths. Keeps him in the number one slot. I would probably agree. I know Baker Mayfield, weeks 8 through 17, finished first in turnover-worthy play percentage at only 1.5%, second in interception percentage at 0.3%. Third and on-target percentage at 81.2%, as well as sixth in success rate, 53.7, eighth in expected points. But that's, again, weeks 8 through 17. Lamar has put it together for whole seasons, and maybe he only threw for 2,800 yards last year, but he also had 26 touchdown passes, only nine interceptions, and ran for uh, you know over 1,000 yards to make himself the explosive threat on both sides of the uh, of the offensive coin there. And he's... He has an MVP under his belt, so, you know, that matters. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know if I would rank Ben Roethlisberger ahead of Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's knee makes it questionable, but, uh, you know, I I just have a tough time with Ben. He's 23rd out of 41 in expected points added last year, 31st in completion percentage over expected. We'll see if they tweak, but uh, I would I would keep this... I'd probably go Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers personally, but that's that's nitpicking there a little bit. Running backs, Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens. This and this one's probably heavily slanted to the fact that uh, at the bottom there, because of the J.K. Dobbins injury, uh, he's a fantastic running back. leaves leaves Baltimore with only Gus Edwards, but Cleveland clearly at the top with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, adding Demetric Felton to Dearness Johnson is uh, is a nice addition. Nick Chubb, as we know, is on par with 
uh, Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson for some of the best rushing yards over expected metrics for a career. That tells you where he's going. It's it's insane where he's going. One of the best to do it so far through the early portions of a career, through three years. Uh, he finished with 1.75 next-gen stats and uh, yards over expected, which is by far first. And yards after contact, 4.06, while Hunt finished 7th in explosive runs with 29, 8th in the elusive rating, uh, 71.5. And then obviously he's uh, he's deadly in the passing game. Joe Mixon, I think Joe Mixon still deserves the nod over Najee Harris. I know Najee Harris is expected to do some crazy things. He led the FBS in 47 explosive runs, 2nd in missed tackles, 4th, ninth in rushing grade. I get it. He should have a lot of opportunity, but Joe Mixon's done it, right? Since entering the league in 2017, Joe Mixon's 4.1 yards per attempt, 30.8 breakaway percentage, 86 explosive runs. And Gus Edwards in Baltimore will be fine, you know, but uh, Justice Hill will chip in, and, and then I think they'll maybe try to add one more back. I'm not sure. But I think it's pretty clearly Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens with the Steelers, the biggest opportunity to move up a tier. Bengals, Browns, Steelers, and Ravens for the wide receivers. So Cincinnati at the top, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins are proven commodities at this point. T. Higgins had 908 yards, six touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, third in receiving yards from the slot in 2020. The Browns are behind the Bengals, but they're right on the precipice of Odell and Jarvis can continue to ascend, right? Odell has to get back to form, has to get back to being a top 10 player at the position. Has to. Uh, if they want to get where they want to go. And then, two, it ties in if Donovan Peoples-Jones can take the next step, right? Peoples-Jones was second in yards per route run and rating when targeted 20 yards downfield or more. Pittsburgh has a deep group uh, with their first three, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. This is probably the best position group offensively for the entire uh, division as far as depth goes, right? I think, though, you could make an argument for those three being above both of those teams, but I think... I think what puts the Bengals ahead is if Jamar Chase becomes the player a lot of people think he could be, which is where he was selected, right? If he can become that guy. 21.2 yards per reception, 3.52 yards per route run is uh, in 2019, the championship run. He's been really bad in the preseason, though. That makes me nervous. I would probably swap Browns and Steelers ahead of the Bengals. I think this is heavily banking on Jamar Chase being good, and I have not seen enough in the preseason where he had one catch and four drops. I'm, I'm really nervous about Jamar Chase initially. Chase Claypool had a really nice rookie season for Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson came on strong. Juju Smith-Schuster stepped back, but still still pretty good as far as a three-man a three man team there. The Ravens selected Rashad Bateman, as you recall, but he's starting the season on IR with that groin injury, same as Miles Boykin, who'd been there for a while from Notre Dame product. So they'll start with Marquise Brown, who's banged up himself. Sammy Watkins, also who's been banged up in Texas product, Devin DuVernay. And that's not a great wide receiver core. Tight end, Ravens. As Cody has him ranked, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. Uh, Ravens have Mark Andrews, who's been the most productive tight end in the division. Fourth in EPA with 27.22. Sixth in yards per route run at 2.1. Eleventh in yards per reception in 2020. Nick Boyle is uh is really good uh blocking tight end he's 11th in run blocking grade he's respected across the league as one of the best run blocking tight ends i think he's pretty dang good you could argue the browns are better uh from a collective standpoint between hooper and ajoku and bryant they use them a ton the browns have the most two tight end sets in the nfl last year right so 
the the thing is they need to become more efficient. David Njoku was 22nd, Austin Hooper 36th, and then Harrison Bryant 42nd in DVOA. The uh, opportunities definitely will be there. We'll see if they can be more efficient. The Steelers have Ebron, who I think is, is one of the most overrated tight ends in football. They did add Pat Fryermuth, who should be an okay rookie tight end. But again, the key word there, rookie tight end. I think Pittsburgh's group is at the bottom, uh, right near fighting with Cincinnati. Cincinnati's depleted. C.J. Uzoma and Drew Sample are tight ends who clearly lack top-end ability. So you could you could put uh, Baltimore on top of this position group because they have the most productive tight end in the division. Depth-wise, though, I think you could look at Cleveland and make an argument. I would probably keep that group as is. Offensive line, Browns. Cody ranks them Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. Uh, yeah, there are two offensive lines who I think are pretty bad in this division. You could coin flip Bengals Steelers. We'll see how that one shakes out. The Browns are clearly out in front. The unit finished first in both pass blocking and run blocking grade, 84.4 pass block, 82.6 run block, an argument that they're the best in the NFL. And Mayfield was pressured on just 26.4% of his dropbacks, 2.6 seconds of pocket time for Mayfield. They're pretty dang good. The Ravens have one of the better tackles in the division with Ronnie Stanley left tackle coming back from injury, but they traded away Orlando Brown. They're now starting Alejandro Villanueva at right tackle, which is scary. The interior is a big question with them. Uh, Patrick McCarry at center, Kevin Zeitler at right guard. We know Zeitler, but he's a couple years past his prime, in my opinion, and then Ben Cleveland will get a start, too. I think the, the, the interior of Pittsburgh, or sorry, Baltimore's offensive line could be malleable. We'll see who they end up playing there a majority of the time, but... Some some strong points and then some definite weak points on that line. The Bengals, they did invest in some upgrades. Riley Reif at right tackle, and they get back Jonah uh, Jonah Williams. But again, the interior they traded away Billy Price. I just don't. I know they have Quentin Spain. I just don't really like that group for Cincinnati, and I think they're going to struggle. And they have a quarterback who's already apprehensive about being hit. The Steelers lineup is you know they added Trey Turner, which okay. You know, they're just replacing David DeCastro, but otherwise it's just, uh, it's not a very good group. They they ranked at the bottom of the NFL last year. They're a team that gets the football out of Roethlisberger's hand quickly because they have to, and I just don't see them being very good. I did like the Kinder Green pick out of Illinois, but they they have a ways to go. I, I do not, I, you know, Zach Banner is going to start, they're, they're, they're the thing that's holding Pittsburgh's offense back. Defensive line now. Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens. I think the Ravens I would have at four and Bengals at th- uh, bump down a tier. But Steelers clearly lead the division. They have top two defensive line. They they continue to be at the top of the NFL in sacks every single year. Uh, they have... Uh, they led the league in quarterback pressure percentage last year, 35.1. Knockdown percentage, 15.2. 56 sacks in 2020 at the helm. Well, TJ Watt's contract situation has to get figured out. That's important. They're running up against the deadline, and he's putting pressure on them, immense pressure on them uh, to figure that out because he led the league in pass rush grade 92.2 since entering the NFL in 19. He's had 33 sacks since 2019. Now I think he gets a lot of help because he's got some dominant players like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, and others around him. We'll see how Alex Highsmith full-time steps into the role left behind um, and the opposite edge. We'll see how that shakes out, but 
Uh, they're still pretty dang good. And until we see them fall off, they're the top of the division. I think the Browns made strides with adding Jadevian Clowney, Malik McDowell in the interior, and, and Malik Jackson become who we hope they can be. Jordan Elliott keeps taking steps. They could get better. Tack McKinley's your rotational player, can keep taking strides uh, to become who he was a couple years ago. You have a real chance, but we'll see about that. The Bengals added Trey Hendrickson for Carl Lawson. I know Carl Lawson has the his injury, but Trey Hendrickson's not nearly as good a player. So, you know, it's not even in, in a one-for-one swap, in my opinion. They extended Sam Hubbard, which is fine, uh, but he's just a he's an above-average uh, rusher. Never really impacted many Cleveland Bengals games, but they added Larry Ogunjobi, who we all know Larry is extremely inconsistent and maddening at times. Maybe he figures it out down there. I'm not sure. But DJ Reader's a heck of an interior player. But their interior defensive line is not what it used to be in Cincinnati. And then lastly, uh, the Ravens let go of Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. This is according to, to Cody. They still have Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf, who I think are good. But they're aging. They did add Justin Houston. Uh, they're aging a little bit. I think they're still better than Cincinnati, but not for long. Like I said, these guys are entering the the twilight of their career, man. Some of these guys are approaching mid 30s some are in the 31, 32 range. It's going to be a total reshape uh, for Baltimore. We'll see how Oway, you know, figures in as the Penn State product they selected in the in the first round. We'll see how he how he you know is able to maybe do some things. Maybe not such a raw prospect. Did not get many sacks at the college level. And uh, that's kind of a point of contention, whether he was going to be a guy who could impact games. We'll see. But I would probably put the Bengals last there. Real quick, before we get to the linebackers in the AFC North, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so linebackers, we are looking at the rankings. Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals. Browns being second is a bit, you know, maybe a bit gratuitous from Cody. The Steelers have Devin Bush coming back from an ACL, and Joe Schobert I don't think is the Joe Schobert that we remember. He's been struggling in Jacksonville. But you, I guess, could make an argument that they're on top of the division. I would probably have Baltimore a little little higher than, than, uh, than these rankings lead on. Browns have... Anthony Walker, who should help? JOK, who should be a nice player? You know, they they lose Jacob Phillips, which is tough, but they still have Malcolm Smith and they still have um, Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki. Those guys can be fine role players. The Ravens have Patrick Queen, LJ Fort. Uh, they have Malik Harrison. I think they can make a push. 
The Bengals need some of their young players uh, that they have drafted, Logan Wilson, uh, for example, to take the next step. They are they have been really bad at linebacker play. So this is the weakest, if if we're calling wide receiver the deepest position group uh, from top to bottom in the in the division, the linebacker group to me is the weakest group, especially considering ranking Pittsburgh at the top, but Devin Bush coming off such a serious injury and they went out and made a last minute trade for uh Joe Schobert, but you know what are you going to do? It's it's can't have strong positions everywhere, and it's analytically heavy division. Uh, maybe they don't value linebacker across the board. Secondary, I think the Ravens are the top secondary. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, your best cornerback duo. Uh, Tavon Young in the slot, among some other among some other bodies. They've had a couple safeties step up to be better football players for them. Chuck Clark uh, has stepped in and done a nice job for them. So I think. You know, Peter, since he entered the league in 2015, 31 picks, fifth most pass breakups, 52. Uh, that 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 group, man, the, the Ravens come down and mug you defensively and dare you to, to get by them, right? That's their thing. They're going to blitz you creatively, and they're going to mug you and force officials to throw flags, and they don't always throw flags. It's a bit annoying. So the Browns obviously improved, adding John Johnson, Greg Newsom, Troy Hill. Should be a good group. Get Greedy back, get Delpit back. Ronnie Harrison, a full year in the in the system. This is a team that could definitely jump uh, before next year, but I do think they're second. Pittsburgh has Minka Fitzpatrick, but they let go of Mike Hilton, Stephen Nelson. You know, I, I don't think that it's a secret that they're taking a step back. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing with uh, the cornerback position in the future because Joe Hayden, they are not going to extend. They're going to have to invest heavily in corner in the coming years, and I thought it was a little irresponsible for them not to address it before. I know they went out and traded for Akilah Weatherspoon, but you know trades this late in camp usually a pretty bad sign for where you're at, where you're going type of thing, and I don't think he's going to be perfectly up to speed with some of the exotic coverages that Pittsburgh has traditionally used in the past. The Bengals' secondary added Hilton. They added Trey Waynes, Cheetah Bay Wouzier. They still have Von Bell, who's a weak link, who continues to get picked on. I don't know. It could be an okay group. I mean, Jesse Bates is the real deal at safety. God, I loved him coming out of Wake Forest. But they've allowed the seventh most passing touchdowns to opposing offenses last year. But uh, they could be really improved. I mean, they let they let go of their best corner uh, and brought in Hilton Waynes, Awuzie. We'll see if it makes a difference. But as you can tell... The Browns rank near the top of every position group, and I don't think that's being, you know, over the top, uh, over the top like favorable toward Cleveland. I think it's it's pretty fair to see where they're one or two in most of these, and that's why the Browns are favored in the division. You know, I don't I don't think you're being uh, an air quotes homer to rank them near the top at some of these things. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how it shakes out, but but you you gotta like the. The, the progress made by the franchise to put themselves in a position to be near the top in every single category in this division. And when you do that, you have a real shot to win this thing. And I think they do have a real shot to win this division, a realistic shot for the first time in a, lot, in a while. And that's exciting stuff. So uh, we will start shifting our coverage toward the Chiefs this week, starting tomorrow. Uh, we'll start looking ahead at things the Browns need to do, the way the Chiefs play, so on and so forth. We will have Twitch shows Monday night and uh, Tuesday night and through the rest of the week. We will have a cool Twitch session where we look at the Chiefs, but we also look back at the preseason game since we didn't get to do a chalk talk 
last week as we looked at the final 53-man roster. We will have an offensive line study that I'm going to do every single week with a great guest. I'm excited about that. You guys should be too because there's a lot that can be learned uh, from that from that segment. So that'll be a continuous thing. Chalk Talks on Tuesday will be fun. We will start our OBR roundtable on Friday on Twitch. Uh, per the usual, we will have you know your regularly scheduled podcast as well. I'll have some guests on, trying to be creative with this being the one weird week of the season. So we'll get it done. We'll get there. We'll preview the Chiefs. We'll know all about these guys before the Browns travel there and have their 415 kickoff or whatever time it is, 405, 415 in Kansas City. Should be fun. Have a great Labor Day, guys. Uh, spend some time with your family. If you're working, make the best of it. But anyway, no matter what, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, and go Browns.